Hello everyone, welcome to Living Life. Today is November 13. I once saw a documentary on a sports team and I saw how they prepare for their next, next match. The coaching staff and all the players have um, prepared um, by spending tremendous hours by practicing and looking at uh, videos of previous matches and trying to analyze you know, how they lost or how they won and trying to secure that guarantee of winning the next match. And this happens throughout the entire season. And this is also similar to our lives as Christians. I mean, the victory is already guaranteed. That's different from a sports team face every time they go in a match uh, because Christ Jesus has already won in this battle against um, the enemy on the cross. But the different uh, thing about our lives is that sometimes we do not know exactly who our enemies are. I mean, in the story of Abijah, we see that he exactly knows who his enemy is, and he is able to proclaim that they stand against God. I mean, that challenges every one of us and asks us a direct question. Do we know who our enemies are? And I would like to see that in today's passage. Now, let us look into today's passage. Second Chronicles chapter 13, verses 1 through 12. In the eighteenth year of the reign of Jeroboam, Abijah became king of Judah, and he reigned in Jerusalem three years. His mother's name was Makkah, a daughter of Uriel of Gibeah. There was war between Abijah and Jeroboam. Abijah went into battle with an army of 400,000 able fighting men, and Jeroboam drew up a battle line against him with 800,000 able troops. Abijah stood on Mount Zemaraim in the hill country of Ephraim and said, Jeroboam and all Israel, listen to me. Don't you know that the Lord, the God of Israel, has given the kingship of Israel to David and his descendants forever by a covenant of salt? Yet Jeroboam, son of Nebat, an official of Solomon, son of David, rebelled against his master. Some worthless scoundrels gathered around him and opposed Rehoboam, son of Solomon, when he was young and indecisive and not strong enough to resist them. And now you plan to resist the kingdom of the Lord, which is in the hands of David's descendants. You are indeed a vast army and have with you the golden calves that Jeroboam made to be your gods. But didn't you drive out the priests of the Lord, the sons of Aaron, and the Levites, and make priests of your own as the people of other lands do? Whoever comes to consecrate himself with a young bull and seven rams may become a priest of what are not gods. As for us, the Lord is our God, and we have not forsaken him. The priests who serve the Lord are sons of Aaron, and the Levites assist them. Every morning and evening they present burnt offerings and fragrant incense to the Lord. They set out the bread on the ceremonially clean table and light the lamps on the gold lampstand every evening. We are observing the requirements of the Lord our God, but you have forsaken him. God is with us. He is our leader. His priests with their trumpets will sound the battle cry against you. 
People of Israel, do not fight against the Lord, the God of your ancestors, for you will not succeed. As we saw in today's passage, it is very important to know how to identify your enemy. The first way in order to identify your enemy is by looking at the character of the enemy. The second is to see what they have done. In the first instances, we could see in verse 5, in the first part of verse 8, verse 5, it reads, Don't you know that the Lord, the God of Israel, has given the kingship of Israel to David and his descendants forever by a covenant of salt? The character of an enemy is to resist and rebel against a covenant that has been established by God forever. And that is one thing that stands out. Uh, and continually in verse 8, it reads, And now you plan to resist the kingdom of the Lord, which is in the hands of David's descendants. The interesting thing about the character of the enemy is that not only do they rebel against uh, the people of God, but they also rebel against God himself. The second way of identifying your enemy is to see what they have done, uh, not just to you, but in their lives entirely. We can see in verse 8, uh, verse 9, uh, how Jeroboam and, and the entirety of Northern Kingdom have done before the Lord. It reads, But didn't you drive out the priests of the Lord, the sons of Aaron and the Levites, and make priests of your own as the peoples of other lands do? Whoever comes to consecrate himself with a young bull and seven rams may become uh, priests of what are not gods. You can see that they are in complete uh, disobedience against what has what God has commanded for the entirety of Israel. Uh, so you can also see in verse 10 indirectly that uh, they have forsaken God. And that is the character of uh, the enemy that we face in our lives. I'm not just talking about in the matter of spiritual sense, but also in our physical sense as well. We live in a world where the world stands condemned before the Lord because everything stands against what God uh, wants us to do. And Abijah knows exactly who is facing. In his short period of time of rulership of three years, I mean, this gives us a strong impression on how to live our lives as Christians before the Lord. We must know who the enemy is so that we could secure the victory that God has granted us since the cross of Christ Jesus. And to live out that victory, we have to know who we're facing against. If we don't know how to identify who our enemies are, we might mingle with them. We might fall into temptation and become uh, an enemy ourselves before the Lord. We might stand against the Lord by abandoning the commands of the Lord. We might uh, offend against uh, who God is by unknowingly making all sorts of mistakes of sin in our lives. So what Abijah teaches us as he boldly stands before Mount Zemariah and speaks to the Israelites, uh, this has to be a lesson for us to learn. We have to know how to distinguish and discern our enemy. Now our enemy, ultimate enemy, is definitely Satan. But know that he has been defeated on the cross of Christ Jesus. And he does not have anything to say in our lives. So don't be uh, terrified uh, or fearful of the temptation that uh, Satan brings to us in our lives, but rather be bold and always identify him as the one that's standing against him. For, for Satan had forsaken God already a long time before. 
and he paid the consequences by being defeated on the cross of Christ. So I ask every one of us to remember uh, the boldness and the courage that God has allowed us to have through the story of Abijah and, and to ask the Holy Spirit to uh, give us the discernment in how to discern uh, who stands against God so that we do not fall into temptation in following in their footsteps who are the wicked. So once again, as we read today's passage, the very thing that we should do is to identify our enemy by the character. They're resisting, they're rebellion against God himself. And the, and the, and the things that I have done, they just disobey every command God has given us through the scripture. And I ask everyone, uh, through the blessing of Christ Jesus and the, the work of the Holy Spirit, not for us to stand against God, but to be bold and courageous just as Abijah and to fight this spiritual battle and the physical battle we live. And don't be discouraged and don't be uh, just uh, wandering in our lives because of the things happening uh, in your environment. You are a child of God and you know that you are with God. For in verse 12, it reads, God is with us, he is our leader. You see such boldness that comes from the mouth of Abijah? I mean, how can one say that, how can be definite and sure that God is with them? It's only when you know that you are following the commands of the Lord and you are uh, faithful within the covenant and you know that God is with you, then you can say this and testify before the entire crowd of 800,000 men who are just about to fight against you. Even though he was outnumbered, he knew that God is with him. And he knew that God is about to lead this battle with 400,000 men who is outrageously outnumbered before uh, Israel and secure a victory uh, for his people. The scripture testifies in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, that if God is for us, then who can be against us? Now, I believe that is the same boldness that Paul testified, just as Abijah did before uh, the enemies of 800,000 men standing against Judah. If God is with us, he will lead us, he will fight for us, and he will definitely defeat the enemy. In whatever spiritual battle or actual physical battle uh, you are facing as Christians in today's lives, I pray that you trust in the Lord, for he has already secured a victory for us by defeating Satan on the cross of Christ Jesus 2,000 years ago, which is still valid in our lives. And be bold and confident, always proclaiming that the Satan and the world stands condemned before the Lord, for they will not succeed in whatever they are planning to do for you, uh, to, against you. Let us pray. Father Lord, we know that this world or our enemies uh, stand against you and all their efforts to destroy uh, your children and your people are in vain for Christ Jesus has already uh, won the victory on the cross and the cross on Golgotha. So Lord God, let us trust what you have done for us even though it was 2,000 years ago. And let us trust that you continuously lead in our lives and allow us to be victorious 
in every situation in our lives uh, when we face our enemies. Uh, so, Lord God, I pray for your guidance and your help, and I ask for your assistance whenever we face our terrifying moments. So, Lord God, let us be at peace as we trust in you, Lord. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer, see Jesus.